Our God is still working. Our God is still providing, still blessing. Thank God. We talked to the Eichards last night. They had uh, a video call, and so we were able to visit with them for a few minutes and uh, hear the work of God that is going on. I forwarded to you the newsletter that they sent, the Bible College almost uh, nearing completion, and uh, how exciting that uh, things are moving forward. Amen. And we thank the Lord for it. Praise God. Second Peter, the second letter that Peter wrote to the church, chapter 3, will begin at verse 10. And uh, I think I'll read the first verse, you'll read the second, and we'll read like that on down to verse 14, okay? Second Peter chapter 3, at verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. Praise God. Now, the seeing, the looking, uh, uh, helps us to understand why we're becoming. Becoming while looking. Praise God. I think that's the challenge that the Lord uh, places upon us uh, in this day and hour. And, of course, society... Uh, the devil, uh, culture, whatever you want to call it, is putting all kinds of pressure uh, upon the Christian today to change, to compromise, to be modified, uh, to fit into society a little bit better. But uh, no, we're becoming what God wants us to be because we're looking for his return. Amen. You can be seated. The Lord bless you tonight. Look unto me was the Lord's call to the people of Israel. And uh, the purpose for looking was, uh, you know, we, we sang about his majesty. Uh, we sang about his glory and uh, the honor that is due him, the power that he displays. And the reason for all of those attributes, those qualities, is because he has a work, a work to do. And thank God, Isaiah 45 and 22, the Lord uh, offers uh, that uh, or, or gives the direction, look unto me and be ye saved. That's the purpose. That's the goal. That's the focus. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. And thank the Lord there's no confusion about that. Because we know who has the power, who has the glory, who has the strength. I know there's a lot of interest and uh, a lot of um, uh, pressure even uh, to examine 
other religions around the world, and I know that there are good things that can be brought out of it. In fact, uh, it's interesting that uh, every religion in the world, around the world, has a statement similar to the golden rule. We know the golden rule says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's the way, uh, treat people the way you want to be treated. That's what it comes down to. Real simple. And uh, those human relations can be much improved when we follow uh, that direction of the Lord. And it's interesting that every religion then has that statement as well, because obviously they read it somewhere else and uh, incorporated it in what they uh, teach. But the looking and the invitation open to all makes salvation the outcome. And the Lord declaring, I am. And thank the Lord, he alone is God. Now, uh, the people of Israel uh, were founded on that truth. Abraham, hearing the Lord uh, speak to him several times, giving him direction, giving him promise, giving him protection, giving him provision. Uh, it's incredible to read Abraham's life and know the power and the blessing that is there and uh, how it started that way and it continued on generation after generation, king after king, uh, who would know the proper response and direction to follow in serving the Lord, but it didn't work out that way. That's the weakness of our flesh. That's our, our, uh, our sinful nature that wants to go the direction uh, it wants to go and cast off the, uh, the, the instruction, the direction of the Lord. And uh, King Asa uh, in 2 Chronicles 16 makes that mistake. He relied upon the king of Syria instead of looking to the Lord for help. And uh, he even took gold and silver from the temple and sent it to the king of Syria to try to uh, make sure that the alliance and uh, the, uh, the working together was even more uh, bonded and so on. And uh, the prophet came to him and reminded him of past victories and that the Lord's eyes looked for opportunities to show himself strong on behalf of the people and to bring forth the strength that he desires to impart to every need, to every, every circumstance. There isn't anything above what God is able to perform and able to do. And then the prophet let Asa know, you've done foolishly. You've allied yourself with the arm of the flesh, and uh, now there's going to be war. The king became very angry. Instead of repenting, instead of realizing I've made a mistake, uh, I need for you to pray with me. I need for you to help me turn. I need, uh, I need the Lord. Instead, Asa ended up dying because uh, he was diseased in his feet, and he didn't yet turn to the Lord. He kept inquiring at, at the idols. Uh, we, we have to shake our heads at the audacity and the foolishness of those who will not turn when they have a foundation of understanding and knowing that God can hear an answer, but yet they turn another direction to what is not going to provide, not going to heal, not going to answer, and not going to minister. But thank God we know the power of the Lord to do a work. Looking for the Messiah was what the Jews did for centuries. 
And they were waiting for the scriptures to be fulfilled because they recognized there was promise after promise of the one who was to come. And finally, when the, the Lord was presented at the temple uh, by Mary and Joseph, there were two who recognized who that baby uh, was. Simeon was an older man who came and took the Lord in his arms. And uh, he had been promised by the Lord that he was not going to die until he saw the Messiah. Now, that's quite a promise. Amen. And uh, you have to think, is there someone today who has heard the promise? They're not going to pass from this life until they see the Lord coming in glory. That, that's a very real possibility. But Simeon held the baby Jesus and said, Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Praise God. He recognized what the Lord came to do. Anna was an elderly woman. And likewise, uh, when she saw the Lord uh, held by Mary and uh, her husband Joseph, she spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So those two uh, concepts, those two truths, salvation, redemption, that's what the Lord came to do. That's the work that he desires to accomplish. I'm thankful that he does so many other things for us, providing, ministering, blessing, healing. But salvation has got to be the priority. And I'm thankful we can look to him for those situations and those needs as well. Moses lifted up the serpent uh, in the wilderness. Israel's rebellion against Moses brought a plague, and uh, they... they put that brazen serpent up on a, on a pole, and they had to look to it. That was symbolic of what the Lord was going to do, the Lord being placed upon the cross and uh, the need to look to him and recognize he was paying the price for our salvation. His sacrifice purchased our salvation, and that's why the Bible says, you are bought with a price, and what a price it was. What an amazing sacrifice he made. And I'm thankful it wasn't just the physical suffering, the human suffering upon the cross, which was atrocious. It was, it was horrible. It was a terrible way to die. And the Romans did that to a number of criminals or somebody that they felt slighted. Uh, the governor or uh, the, the centurion or the tribune or, or whoever it was. And it, was a, it could have been a very slight type thing that was done. And they punished individuals. But the Lord also had the sins of the world placed upon him. You know what it feels like to have a guilty conscience. I hope you do. <laughs> you know how it feels and how it might keep you awake at night, or how it may, might make you blush uh, to remember what, what uh, took place, what transpired that caused you to feel guilty. Imagine that multiplied by millions, and that's what the Lord was feeling. That's what the Lord was experiencing. And thank God, he willingly did that because he provided for redemption through his blood and through his name and through the power of his spirit. I'm thankful that we know that today. And you may have uh, noticed, you may remember seeing the medical uh, symbol, some of the medical professionals having a, uh, a snake on a pole. That's in reference to that scriptural passage. 
Uh, it, it's remembering that healing came uh, in, in the day of Moses at that time. Thank God that there can be that memory. I'm surprised that it hasn't been taken away because of somebody saying that's, that's mixing uh, uh, church and state, you know, some ridiculous statement. By the way, you're not even going to find that in the Constitution. You can look in the Constitution, and there's nothing that says the separation of church and state. Hmm. Oh, well. This is not a civics lesson. This is the Word of God. We're looking for the day of the Lord. We're looking for that day. Praise God. The next great event for the church, I believe, is the catching away, the trumpet sounding, the shout going forth, the voice of the archangel being heard. Praise God. And the dead in Christ rising first, and then we which are alive and remain caught up. The Bible says, they that eagerly wait for him, he will appear the second time. I'm thankful that the Bible lets us know our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a change that's going to come to us. Paul said it's a mystery. I'll show you a mystery, but he didn't really explain it. He just said this mortal is going to put on immortality. This corruptible is going to put on incorruption. Then the sting of death and the problem that's there with the grave and all of those sorts of things. What a change that's going to take place. We shall be changed, he declared. And thank God we're looking for that change to come forth. And we know the power of the Lord is going to be displayed. Now, the Bible talks about a great tribulation. The Antichrist being revealed and uh, him taking uh, authority and, and uh, sovereignty and reigning for seven years. And there's a period of during that seven years where there's going to be a series of sevens that are being revealed, the seven seals that the book of Revelation talks about, the seven trumpets that are going to sound, the seven vials that are going to be poured out, and each one successively bringing an, an additional uh, measure of judgment upon the world, designed, of course, to help people, especially the Jews, to turn to recognize he is the Messiah, and they will proclaim, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We know it's going to terminate in Armageddon, the battle of military and spiritual forces, but thank God we know who is going to be the victor. We know who is going to come out on top. We know who is going to proclaim uh, his kingdom here upon the earth for a thousand years of peace. Man can't even have 10 years of peace. That hasn't happened. There's been conflict after conflict. There's been war after war. Disturbance after disturbance that has disrupted uh, whole nations. No peace at all. But thank God the Lord is going to bring forth a thousand years of peace and the righteous reign. Uh, that he will have upon the earth will include us as kings and priests. Praise God. And thank the Lord. Satan is going to be nowhere in sight. You know where he's going to be? In that bottomless pit. Praise God. Amen. And the angel's going to cast him down there. Amen. He won't be here to tempt us any longer. He won't be able to author any kind of confusion or deceit. He won't be able to trip you up 
and throw his fiery darts at you, thank God he's going to be in that bottomless pit. And we will be here reigning with the Lord for those thousand years of peace. Oh, what a promise. Praise God. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're anticipating. That's what we're desiring. Praise God. And I thank the Lord. His word is going to be fulfilled. The Bible lets us know that Satan will be loosed. He'll be let out of that bottomless pit. And I, 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 for years, I've wondered, just keep him there. That's a good spot for him. Just shut him up in there and don't let him out. But we know that people have to make a choice. And those born during that thousand years of peace will have to decide. And unfortunately, the Bible lets us know that some of the nations will be deceived into a final rebellion. But the Lord is going to come out victorious there as well. And Satan will again be cast down, this time into a lake of fire for eternal punishment. And thank God that's going to be the end of it completely. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're, what we're looking for is going to come to pass. The Bible talks about a great white throne where everyone is going to be judged. There's a rainbow over that great white throne. It's a symbol of uh, the promise of mercy and uh, that Noah saw and uh, that the Lord said, I'm not going to flood the earth again. And thank God that mercy is still extended to you and me. And I'm thankful for the power and the blessing of the Lord. By the way, when does a rainbow appear? Does it appear before a storm or after the storm? Obviously, after the storm. Praise God. That's why that rainbow is there, because the storms are done, because there's no more. Because there's going to be peace, thank God. There's going to be blessing. There's going to be the hand of God that is going to come forth. A great white throne that John saw, and there was one who sat upon it. And thank God we know his name. Hallelujah. And we're going to be before him, worshiping him forever and ever. So we look for that new heaven and that new earth. I'm thankful the Word of God is established that it is going to take place. Peter, in his writing, if you read the whole context of uh, chapter 3 that we read from tonight, you read the whole context of it. He mentions Noah. He says the Word of God brought judgment to those that were willingly ignorant of what they uh, knew they should have been doing, and only eight individuals entered into that ark. Don't feel bad if there are those who don't uh, heed your warning. Of course, we do feel bad. We feel like uh, they're turning away from the best opportunity they're ever going to have when they turn away from the Lord. But I'm thankful that we can determine I'm looking for that new heaven and that new earth. I'm looking for the Lord to come. Therefore, I'm going to change how I live. I'm going to obey the word of God. I'm going to follow what his commands are. I'm not going to turn aside. The word of God brought judgment by the flood in Noah's day. That same word, Peter said, is going to bring judgment by fire to this present world. The elements melting with a fervent heat. That's incredible. That's amazing. And uh, if you have a wood stove, um, it's interesting that it's consistent. Every time you put a block of wood in there and it catches fire and it becomes coals, uh, the, the appearance of that is like, uh, like an alligator skin. Uh, no matter what type of wood you throw in there, that's going to be the pattern that's established. I don't know why. That's interesting. Hmm. I don't know. But it has uh, the, the, the fire that's going to melt the elements is even greater. 
even more incredible, uh, e even uh, more uh, beyond our understanding. I don't know if it's nuclear war, uh, volcanic activity, uh, star bursting and, and, uh, and bringing its uh, uh, X-ray power to the Earth, uh, an asteroid strike, and they're always warning about asteroids. We even shot a missile out and, and, uh, and uh, hit an asteroid just to make sure we could do it. Incredible stuff, amazing. But God's word is not gonna be deterred. It's not gonna be changed. It's not going to be something that man can alter. Well, now man tries to alter it. Man tries to change it. And uh, we had a king, we read about a king who sliced uh, the scroll that uh, uh, Jeremiah had written and uh, threw it in the fire and, and uh, warmed his hands by it there uh, in his winter uh, room. But that didn't change the word of God. I'm thankful that we know the word of God is going to come to pass. Amen. And that message needs to go out to the whole world. And I'm thankful that the Bible lets us know we can hold on to what's eternal. We can hold on to what is going to last forever. We know what the hand of God is going to bring forth. Because the Bible tells us the world is going to pass away. And the lust thereof. But the one who does the will of God is going to abide forever. What a difference. Praise God. I want to hold on to doing the will of God. I want to understand what his word tells me to do. I want to be directed by him and move into the realm of understanding his goodness and his power and continue to proclaim it to those that I encounter because I know this world is going to pass away. The Bible lets us know to put our minds on things that uh, are above, the higher things, uh, the things of God, not on the things of the earth, because again, the world is going to pass away. But we're going to move into the realm of understanding the power and the blessing of the Lord. So that's the reason for the becoming. Now remember, uh, John 1 and 12 says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become. To become what? to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Thank God for the power of the name of Jesus Christ that moves us into a whole new realm, a whole new atmosphere, a whole new situation. It doesn't take us out of this world. We're here in this world to be a witness of how powerful his salvation is and what he's able to do to change us uh, from, from the, the garbage and, and uh, the filth uh, that we were involved in because of the devil's treachery. And he moves us into the truth and power and the blessing of the Lord. Thank God for those changes that he's able to make. The Bible tells us if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Praise God. And I'm thankful that that becoming is what God has in store for us. That's what he's doing. That's how he's operating. That's how he's moving. That's how he's bringing it to pass. We're able to move into that realm and understanding that blessing and that power of God. Oh, thank the Lord that we can give diligence in looking for that. Now, Peter, remember in the first part of his second letter, said to give diligence to add to your faith. Add to our faith. Praise God. I'm glad to know there's always more to add. 
And he gives those qualities, he gives those characteristics to add. And, and they're not going to add a burden to you. They're not going to produce tears in you. They're not going to produce an anger in you and you feel like, what's the use? Oh, no, they're all positive. They're all powerful. They're all going to bring satisfaction and happiness in your life. The world will be upset about it and try to trip you up. The devil will try to deceive you and draw you down. But thank God the Lord is going to consistently lift you up and bring you into his power and into his presence. Thank God that we can know the goodness of God and his blessing. So the word of God that we read uh, there in chapter 3, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Now, do we, do we accomplish that ourselves? Uh, do we, we try to uh, uh, just check every box of uh, this, I got to do this, I got to do that? The Lord helps. The Lord blesses. The Lord strengthens. You put your will into it. You determine, I will dwell in the house of the Lord, like Psalm 23 ends. Amen. I'm thankful that we can proclaim it loud and sure. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He provides all of my wants. He provides all of my needs. He ministers again and again with those, uh, those uh, still waters, those green pastures, my cup overflowing, anointing my head with oil, and uh, his rod and his staff comfort me, and, and I'm not afraid to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I can even sit down in the presence of my enemies because he's prepared a table before me. All of those blessings are wonderful and incredible. Praise God. But it's up to me to determine in my heart... I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm not going to forsake it. I'm not going to run off chasing another rainbow. I'm not going another direction. I'm going to hold on because I'm looking, praise God, that the Lord is going to come. The Lord is going to provide. So we keep looking to the Lord because he's the only way. When he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, that's what he meant. Praise God. We can't find another way. He's the way, amen, and we have peace and become spotless and blameless as we follow after him because that's what he desires, amen. And I'm thankful that we can continue on and know those powers and those blessings that the Lord has in our lives. The instructions that he gave, that, uh, that Peter wrote down as the Lord inspired him, seeing then that all these things shall be, not going to change. The world is going to pass away. His word is not going to pass away. Praise God. Dotting of every I, crossing of every T. Amen. And we set our attention in the right area. We keep looking with spiritual eyes for the coming of the Lord. Because the scripture says, what manner of persons ought you to be? Okay. What manner of persons? Well, the Amplified. Let's look at the Amplified, brother. Uh, Levi, 2 Peter 3 and 11, because it helps us uh, to understand with these additional uh, words that uh, uh, illuminate it and expand it, amplify it uh, from the King James, helps us to see, okay, we're to be consecrated, we're to have holy behavior, we're to be devout, we're to have godly qualities. How, how do those come? By the power of the Lord, by his spirit dwelling within 
That's why it's called a Holy Spirit, because that's what he does. He changes us from our ungodly ways into his holy ways, thank God, and we move and make our transitions into that lifestyle that is pleasing to the Lord. Wherein dwelleth righteousness, not ungodliness, not a, a, a direction that's going to take you away from the Lord. No, that's the reason we desire and reach for the righteousness that God has for us because he's promised that you are going to wear a white robe of righteousness in the, uh, the marriage feast of the Lamb. Praise God. And thank the Lord. The Bible lets us know heaven is a place where sin cannot enter. Satan is not going to be there. Amen. And the power of the Lord is going to be displayed in marvelous ways forever and ever. Ah, I don't want to miss out. Praise God. So I'm not just looking. I want to be there. Amen. I want that power to come forth because the church is precious to the Lord. He said, I will build my church. Now, the written word of God does not record inflection. It doesn't record how, uh, how the statement was said. I don't know if the Lord emphasized my, I will build my church, may have been how he said it, because he wanted it to be clear. That church belongs to me. It's precious to me. I'm going to shed my blood on the cross for that church. I'm going to give them my name. I'm going to fill them with my spirit. Woo. Thank God that we know how precious it is to the Lord. And that's you. That's you. When you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, when you've been filled with His Spirit, when you obey the Word of God, when you determine in your heart and you're diligent with all that is within you, I'm going to serve God regardless of what happens. Praise God and the Lord. Ah, He begins His power. He begins his work. He begins his strength because he said, you're my church. Hallelujah. It's precious to him because the Bible lets us know he's going to present to himself a glorious church. <laughs> we saw a bride walk down the aisle last Saturday, clothed in white, a modest gown. Praise God. The Lord is looking for his church in that same manner, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, hallelujah, without blemish, but holy and blameless. Praise God. And thank the Lord we can move into that realm knowing by his power and his goodness he's going to bring it forth. He purchased the church, the Bible says, in Acts 20 and 28. He purchased the church with his own blood. When did the Lord have blood? When he came as that baby in Bethlehem, praise God, the stars shone, the angels sang, the shepherds came, the wise men journeyed, all of that so incredible, so wonderful, because the Lord's plan was coming to fruition, and he was going to fulfill that price for salvation. He was going to bring his church by calling them out of darkness into his marvelous light, and what an incredible opportunity we have to look for the Lord. Praise God. Now, we look for the Lord now. We, we, we prayed at the beginning of the service, Lord, we need your presence. Lord, we need your touch. Lord, we need you to come and help us. Praise God. We do that because he is our sufficiency. We're sufficient with the Lord. We're not sufficient in ourselves. Okay, that, 
That helps them to understand, okay, I'm not going to make it by myself. I'm not going to make it by my own abilities and my own intellect, my own ingenuity, whatever, my own whatever. Uh, it, it's not going to measure up. I need him. That's why we repent. That's why we say, God, please forgive me. Lord, please change me. Don't, don't let my, my past sins and mistakes hold me back. Lord, forgive me. Move me into your presence. Move me into your promises. Let me be cleansed. Let me be clean. Let me be pleasing to you. And let my life shine for you. Praise God. Just words? No. Words, of course, but words from your heart. Words that are going to live in your mind. Lives, words that are going to change the direction you walk, the way you think, the way you look, the way you act. Praise God. The hand of God is going to be there in an incredible way because he purchased the church with his own blood. His precious blood made the church precious to him. Praise God. And that's where we're invited, and that's why we look to the Lord because we're not sufficient in ourselves. He is our sufficiency. But oh, I'm thankful God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Amen. That's my key verse. <laughs> Second Corinthians 9.8. Oh, let's put it up there. Praise God. Second Corinthians 9.8. You have key verses. We'll, we'll, we'll focus on them again because we want to finish the year strong with our key verses. Praise God. But Second Corinthians 9 and 8. Look at the all. Look at the abundance. Look at the grace. Praise God. That's what God gives us. That's what God provides for us. That's how he's able to minister to us. Amen. And we step into his sufficiency. Amen. Now, Paul, he, he looked at that all sufficiency, all, all things, all good work. Yeah, I'm going to do it all. He had a problem. He had a thorn in his flesh. He asked the Lord three times, Please, God, remove this thorn. And we don't know what it was. We don't know exactly what the ailment was. But it was bad enough. It bothered him enough, just like a thorn. You know, you get a, a thorn prick or, or a devil's club needle in your hand and whatever it is. That, that hurts. Doesn't feel good. Paul said, Lord, please remove this. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. Was that the answer Paul was looking for? Not in his flesh, but his spirit grabbed a hold of that. And he said, your power is made perfect in my weakness. I will glory in my infirmities. I will take pleasure in my infirmities. How can you do that? You've got to be deranged. Yay, even insane. No. You know how he did it? His grace was sufficient. Praise God. Now, we try to do that on our own, and we're going to end up with a face plant. That's going to be the problem. But when God's grace comes with sufficiency, when God's grace comes with power, when God's grace comes with ability, praise God, you're going to keep on going. 
that shield of faith is going to quench every fiery dart of the enemy. You're going to step through every trap, every pit, every hole, every problem, because God's grace is going to bring you through. Ha! Praise God. That's what we hold on to. That's what we're looking for. That's what we desire. Amen. While we're looking for him to come, to break the clouds of glory and rapture the church out of here, the church that's glorious, the church that's without spot or wrinkle, doesn't have any blemishes. It's holy. It's clothed in white garments, which is the righteousness of the saints. Praise God. We're looking for that. But while we're looking for that, we look for his grace. We look for his sufficiency. Praise God. And his power being there as well. So the apostle says, Wherefore, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. Hmm. Okay. A sacrifice is something that's killed. How can there be a living sacrifice? God puts his spirit in you. He puts his word that is alive. He puts his name on you. And by the way, that tomb is empty. He's not laying in there. Praise God. And he's not nailed to the cross. He's powerful and alive. Praise God. And that's what you are as well through him the power of a living sacrifice praise god we act on god's mercy and we're changed and we keep being changed praise god until there's going to be that moment hallelujah when we're changed in his presence and his power oh that's why we're looking Praise God. You know, people are looking for things to get better. People are looking for answers, looking for peace, looking for how are things going to be resolved? How are things going to be worked out? What's going to happen in the Middle East anyway? What's going to happen to our country, our situation? Everything that's going on around the world, looking, looking, looking. No answers. I'm looking for him. Praise God. That's the answer. Amen. That's what God wants to do. We look for God's mercy, praise God, and we know he is coming. We know the blessings that are there. The message to the churches. Laodicea and Philadelphia in particular, the Lord said, I know thy works. He said that to both, both churches. Laodicea and Philadelphia, I know thy works. Laodicea was lukewarm. Laodicea was congratulating themselves. We're rich. We're increased with goods. We have need of nothing. But the Lord said, no, you're poor. You're miserable. You're blind. You're naked. What a difference. We need to make sure we're seeing with God's vision, what God's word says, and to walk in his realm and his spirit, because he says, I know your works, and I don't want him to say you're lukewarm. No, I want him to say you're hot in my spirit, and you're pursuing after me, you're desiring me. Praise God. To Philadelphia, the church there, he said, not Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, 
Philadelphia over in Asia Minor. I know thy works. You have a little strength. You've kept my word. You've not denied my name. Therefore, I've set before you an open door. Praise God, which no man can shut. What was that door for? What was, what was going to happen? They were going to move through that into more realms and more possibilities and more promises and more of the presence of God than they had ever experienced before because God said, I'm going to open that door for you. Ha. Praise God. And when God opens a door for you, don't be afraid to step through. Don't be afraid to grab a hold of your faith and say, all right, God, I don't know what's there. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trusting you, God. Through the door we go. Praise God, because he desires to show his power. He desires to show his strength. Now, the difference between those two churches, Laodicea, was the world was in the church. Philadelphia was the church in the world. Make sure you got the difference. Make sure you understand one is pleasing to the Lord, one is not pleasing to the Lord. Amen. That's why that living sacrifice is so important. That's why it's your reasonable service. That's why it's what God is going to approve. And it's what God is looking for. Praise God. And that open door provides even greater opportunities for us to know the blessings and the power of the Lord. Praise God. We're not to be terrified by our adversaries. There's adversaries. Paul said, there's an open door for me. I know that that open door is there in Ephesus. And uh, I know there's adversaries. But I'm going to go forward. Praise God. Because the Bible tells us, don't be terrified by your adversary. In fact, let your adversaries be terrified by you. <laughs> Amen. Every time you wake up in the morning, make sure the devil says, oh, no, they're getting up. Oh, no, they're getting ready to step into a new day. <laughs> Adversaries aren't almighty. The one you serve is almighty. The one you pray to is almighty. The one you call upon is almighty. It's not your adversary. Praise God. I know he goes about like a roaring lion trying to scare the wits out of you. And oh, no, you hold on to the promises of God. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's what it comes down to when you receive the Holy Ghost. That's the power you can know. Amen. And the blessings that are there. So we're looking. We're looking. Praise God. Lord, I want to see your glory. Lord, I want to see your power. Praise God. And that open door. That pretty soon it's going to be an open door into his presence forever. Streets of gold, crystal sea, gates of pearl, walls of jasper. Oh my. It's an incredible, incredible descriptions in what the world considers wealth. And it's just building material in the heavenly realm. What really is going to count is the king upon the throne. Hallelujah. And the blessings you're going to receive there. So we're we're looking. See, Hebrews 9, 28 lets us know, unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time with salvation. Praise God. And that's what we desire. That's what we're looking for. John wrote, 
1 John 3 and 2, now are we the sons of God. Praise God. I'm thankful we can nail it down. Now are we the sons of God. Now we've established that he's our father. We're his sons and daughters. Now we are his people. He's our God. Amen. Not some future date, not something I've got to sow my wild oats. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. No. Now. Praise God. Now is the day of salvation, the Bible tells us. And thank God that we can move into that realm of understanding. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. I'm thankful God can take us now. You, you can't make yourself good enough for God. You've got to get God in you to make yourself good. Amen. And move into the realm of understanding what God has in store for you and the blessings that are there. Now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. I don't know how we're going to be changed from mortal to immortality. How we're going to be changed from corruptible to incorruption. I don't know. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Oh, what an incredible promise. What a wonderful testimony of what God is able to do as we call upon him. So we look up. We look up. Jesus, in, in Luke 21, we don't have time to go through all of the signs and, and all of the uh, aspects of, of the end time that we're in right now. We know uh, the earthquakes, the famine. Uh, we know the signs in the heavens and all of those things that are happening, uh, wars and rumors of wars and all of those aspects. We know that's happening right now. And the Lord said, when you see these things come to pass, then look up. Look up. Amen. Uh, tendency to look down. Tendency to look around. Tendency to just look everywhere but look up. But no. Let's do what the Lord says. Look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And oh my, forever in his presence. Forever singing praise to his name. What a day. Hallelujah. Stand, please. Becoming while we're looking. In other words, those changes are going to be ongoing. Amen. We're, we're, we're not <clears throat> looking for, uh, you know, the, oh, how would you say it? Not, not looking for a, a future event where it, it's, it's all going uh, to be done in, in, in a moment. No, God's doing a work in our lives now. So that when the time comes... And the trumpet sounds, and the call is made, come up higher. We'll be stepping into his presence because we've prepared, because we've made ourselves ready, because we've been a continual becoming what God wants us to be. And because we're looking to him. Amen. I want to continue that. Oh, the devil wants to distract you. The devil wants to discourage you. The devil wants to sink you in despair, depression, all of that garbage. But thank God we can keep looking up of what God has in store for us. Amen. And how he is soon to return 
thank the Lord. I'd like for us to come and pray here for a few minutes before we're dismissed to go downstairs and fellowship. We're looking forward to that and uh, looking forward to baptism. Charlotte, amen. We're not going to overlook that. Amen. And oh my, the power and the blessing of the Lord that is so wonderful and so powerful. And thank God that we can keep our eyes upon him. Let's, let's make that our prayer right now. Uh, Lord, I, I need to keep my eyes on you. I don't, I don't want to look at things that are discouraging. I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm just not going to be ignorant of those things, but I'm going to ignore them because they're not beneficial. They're not helpful. They're not moving me along in my heavenly walk. Amen. But I'm going to keep looking for you, Lord. I'm going to keep looking for your promises to be fulfilled. I'm going to keep looking for your word to come to pass. Praise God. Let's call on him together right now.